Hey beautiful people, welcome to the France Juta podcast. We would like to share with you some insights we received during the France Juta day, or the FD day as you know it. This brand new podcast will center around impact and how entrepreneurship can save the world. We will share with you a lot of inspiring content to get you pumped for the FD day 2020. Don't hesitate to tune in. So uh, welcome for the best uh, speech ever. Thank you very much. Uh, you selected well. So please, uh, I will be mo moderating this session. My name is Teddy. I'm uh, each uh, CEO. So each uh, is uh, Uber competitors in Paris, but also in some other countries in Africa, because uh, tonight we will speak about Africa. And I'm really delighted because I have some uh, great people with me to do that. So first, maybe uh, can you just uh, Give us uh, some words about uh, yourself, your experience in Africa, and what you are doing. Sure. Happy to start. Um, good evening, everyone. My name is Fatumata. You can call me Fatu. I'm a tech entrepreneur and venture capital investor. Um, in a previous life, I co-founded Jumia, which is the first African tech unicorn, now listed uh, in New York. And I'm today a Tech for Good VC investing in um, technology companies from seed to early series B, solving uh, market failures in Africa. My name is uh, Ono Shellekens. I'm uh, working for 12 years in health in Africa from an investment uh, fund perspective. We're running a big private equity fund. And we started a joint venture with uh, M-Pesa, the mobile payment service in Kenya, uh, three years ago. Uh, to f work only on health insurance and health insurance on your mobile and linking payers to clinics to individuals. We have millions of customers and we've been growing now to four countries and I've become the CEO and we're running it out of Amsterdam with a whole software team uh, in Kenya and in Nigeria building up and in Amsterdam. Yeah. I'm uh, Mehdi Was. I'm CEO co-founder of Talam, which is uh, a consultancy and technology uh, company with 3,000 people all around the world, mainly in Europe and in in Africa, 500 in Africa. Uh, we uh, uh, accelerate uh, our client transformation by using uh, uh, data technologies, and we are specialized on, five, on four pillars, uh, IoT, big data, uh, AI, and blockchain. And uh, we have created and uh, we uh, animate uh, an international uh, startup network, mainly in Europe and Africa, uh, that we use to uh, improve our uh, uh, client value proposition. Thank you very much. Um, I think that uh, many people in the, in the room don't know so many things about uh, the tech ecosystem in Africa. So first, maybe it would be uh, quite good to just uh, make a statement about where we are and uh, actually what you think about, about it. Sure, I'm happy to start. I think um, Africa is probably the more exciting space to talk about technology today. Um, the reason is basically that technology is an enabler uh, for so many essential uh, services and products in the continent. And for us, actually, at Django, it's an enabler even for uh, development, to leapfrog development. And the reason is, when you look today at the big numbers in the continent, we are actually more than one billion people, so the same size as India. We are having roughly $3,000 billion GDP, um, but we actually have more mobile phones, more internet users than Europe, than the US, and then India. 
But paradoxically, we actually suffer a lot from funding gaps because our ecosystem attracted last year uh, only 1 billion euros in funding, which is actually 17 times less than India, right? Um, and this is really something uh, which is a disparity um, uh, that is very strong, and there are so many others. Um, another one I can mention is maybe the geographic uh, differences that we can witness. So for instance, uh, out of this $1 billion, 80% um, of these proceeds went to three countries uh, that are Nigeria, South Africa, and Kenya, which means like there are 51 uh, other great countries that had to share less than 25% of funding. Um, there is something that is also both an opportunity but today a challenge, which is basically when it comes to life cycle. Uh, we have so many people, great people like uh, private equity guys um, and institutional money, but we lack venture capital investors. And we all know that the toughest thing about launching a startup is actually starting up. And we are really missing uh, enough seeds, our Series A focused funds, that are able to back entrepreneurs all over the continent. And when you look also sector-wise, there are very strong gaps. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, if you talk about access to energy, Go Power Africa, or access to financial services, you'll see a lot of money coming in. But if you talk about health, or education, or fashion, or logistics, you don't see as many um, sector-specific venture capitalists. And the last gap that I see that is worth actually working on, uh, maybe together, is of course the gender one, which is actually combined with the life cycle one. There is this study uh, from IFC, uh, which is a financial arm of the World Bank, that is showing that at seed stage, you actually have 51% uh, male and 49% female. So African entrepreneurs are showing up, female entrepreneurs are showing up, and you actually have the highest rate of women entrepreneurships uh, on Africa with 27%. But then when it comes to series a, B, C, it's 90% male and 10% female. And that's what motivates me actually to become a VC. Thank you very much. That's very int interesting. Before each, I was uh, working in Morocco, actually for two years. And I was really surprised because uh, I was in a place uh, called the Techno Park in Casablanca. And uh, half the founders were female. And that was amazing compared to, uh, to France, actually. Yeah, like um, for us, I think um, Africa is really intriguingly good, and I think that's an understatement, in how they have been able to use, in my opinion, the qualities of the SIM card and to change the nature of the whole telecom industry, where I think 20 years, 15 years ago, everybody thought it's impossible to have a nationwide telecom network in um, Congo or in Nigeria or any other place and ha look what happened there and what technology did basically in my opinion um, the SIM card changed telecoms from a service to a product and there's no collection risk anymore at all it's all prepaid and everybody started to invest and look what happened and then on the next level if I buy airtime I'm also able to buy to wire money to somebody, because if I buy airtime for somebody else, I'm actually putting money in the system. So, and I think that has been accepted, and look what has happened. You know, I mean, I think for many uh, people who are in the room here, they're a little bit interested in developing countries, so they know, but I think a lot of people outside, they don't know that today, 45% of GDP in Kenya is run on mobile phones. So you just estimate each other the money, and some bankers here, I think they better go on a trip and see what the hell's going on there. And it's basically one big ledger, um, and I think the future, that's my personal opinion, uh, the future is not so much on blockchain, 
that blockchain technology might work, but on the moment that you still have a hierarchy, so the tax man or social benefits or insurance or anything else where somebody is liable for what is being done, they need to be in control of the technology and it will be, I think, programmable ledgers. And they are being invented today in Africa. So that's my second point. The third point I'd like to make is that um, I think there's great uh, technical people. We at least see that uh, we have some great programmers that we are bringing out of Kenya even to Amsterdam. There's a little bit of arrogance that, uh, that this is not uh, up to speed. It's not true. So that's at least what we see. We have 50 engineers there and uh, there's a lot of uh, interaction and really high quality. So that's the third point. And the last point I think is that um, I think we, um, the fact that you have a economy that is to a very large extent postpaid, it's not prepaid. In our part of the world, everything, in the rich part of the world, everything is being prepaid. Your pensions, your, en your employment benefits, your insurances, uh, your health insurance, it's all prepaid. These countries, they suffer from big trust problems and they are postpaid. And there is an unbelievable opportunity, an unbelievable opportunity to change that with mobile technology in a scale that I think will show uh, a lot of, will bring a lot of equity and impact, but also will teach us here that we, have, we better get our act together and follow the Americans and get some, some stuff going on on our own uh, technology. Because in Europe, we don't, know, we don't know how to make a telephone. And uh, uh, so here, Africa and us, we have one combined thing because if we are not getting our act together, we all become data slaves. Thank you. Wow, uh, I agree with you. <laughs> Uh, let me uh, tell you why I believe that Africa is uh, the place to be for a startup uh, in tech uh, tomorrow and even today. First of all, 1.2 billion million of uh, people, that means 1.2 potential customers. Second, uh, very young people, uh, 19 years old uh, average, that means open to use technology. Uh, third, 80% of the population has a mobile phone. That means ready to use mobile application. For example, in uh, Ivory Coast, 99%, I don't know where is the one the missing, 99% of the students uh, uh, pay the, uh, the, um, their fees uh, by uh, a mobile application. 50% of uh, the account, the mobile account in the world are in Africa. That means 350 million account in Africa. Uh, talking about the GDP, of course, 4 to 5% of growth for the 5 to 10 years, it's uh, amazing. It's uh, very good news for an investor. And this is uh, in, uh, in Africa. Uh, and to, uh, to end, let me tell you something. Uh, in Europe, in Asia, in America, we use technology to uh, make more uh, profitability, to be uh, better, to make more and more and more. In Africa, we use technology because there's nothing else. <laughs> so technology, what else? Technology, just do it. And the first generation of startup uh, in Africa uh, were uh, focused on uh, banking, insurance services. And if I give you three figures, two years ago, uh, uh, 
the global amount raised by the fintech startup in Africa was around $200 million. Last year, $300 million. And this year, we're expecting $500 million. That means it's growing very, very, very fast. So Africa is the continent where you have to be. Thank you very much. So, uh, uh, but the thing is, uh, so the, uh, the, the countries are growing so fast, uh, many opportunities, you can actually change people's life. So you have many, many positive things. People have smartphones, they are young, but still Africa is very scary. So why do you think actually not so many European companies decide to go there? Uh, do you think that actually you can have some risk and why people think that and why is it uh, true or not true? It's interesting, it's exactly the type of myths that we need to you know, really uh, debunk uh, through this panel, hopefully. Uh, because, of course, it's not true in the sense that it's not uh, El the El Dorado, but it's not uh, a place of chaos, it's something in the middle. Um, I think most of the tech companies that were successful in the developed world, uh, they did it based on customer centricity. And it's the same. You have to understand your customers and not to average uh, an African. For instance, it's very different doing business sometimes in Egypt versus Congo. It happened to me when I was an e-commerce player. I wanted to hyper-grow my portfolio. And at the same time, if we compare Egypt and Congo, they both have more than 90 million people. But in Egypt, you actually, it's the first country for Facebook in Africa. So I had 33, uh, 33 million of people on Facebook. You could do uh, prospecting, retargeting, and just scale through one channel. At the same time, same population size, we had 300,000 people only in, in Congo on Facebook. So here we had to have like, you know, field sales agent, do offline to online gap, you know, educate people about the power of internet. And it's the same for logistics and so on and so forth. And I always remember, it's not something that is specific to technology, it's across the board. Um, one female CEO of a great Moroccan insurance player, um, she's a leader on her market, and we were on a panel and she was saying, look Fatou, when people come, global investors, and they succeed, they say, we were great. And when they fail, they say the market is not ready, right? So there needs to be some humility and pragmatism and customer centricity to find, yes, it's great to have a global vision, but they, the, way, the way to execute, you need to have a, a proper go-to-market. So for instance, um, you know, I used to be operating in 33 countries and not 54 because these 33 account for 90% of the internet users. And I'm a tech company, so it makes sense. So it's really important to be also very specific, uh, intentional, pragmatic, and humble when you are um, interested in growing and making business in Africa. Yeah, yeah I can... Uh, um uh, risk, yes, of course there's risk, you know, changes, uh, Africa is changing, changing very fast. I mean, uh, uh, democracy is knocking at the door of every country. Young people have understood that it's easier for us uh, to uh, find their own job, to create their own startup than waiting for a job uh, created by the, their governments. Uh, some uh, uh, countries have started uh, Many years ago, like uh, Kenya, like South Africa, like Nigeria, others are running very, very fast, like uh, Ivory Coast, like Senegal, uh, because they understood that uh, the technology is uh, a power that can help them uh, to really face all the challenges they have uh, in terms of uh, health, education, uh, uh, jobs, uh, to, find, to fight poverty. And this 
give a huge opportunity for investors because all the governments are really uh, uh, aiming uh, this. Uh, as you know, I, I had a chance and the honor to, uh, to be a Minister of Commerce and Tourism in Tunisia uh, in 2011 after the Arab Spring. And I'm uh, uh, right now a member of uh, a high-level uh, uh, committee uh, led by the Prime Minister in Tunisia, which is uh, named uh, Digital Tunisia 2020. And the first delivery that we have done last year was uh, a startup act, a set of uh, uh, laws that facilitate the development and the creation of startups because we understood that it, was, it, it could be easier to give all the tools to the people to create startups and to develop their own uh, uh, jobs than to wait uh, uh, the, all the reforms that the governments have to do. Um. It's a country where you have, worldwide, where you have the most um, uh, amazing number of women parliament, 61% ahead of France. Um, you know, it's a second business, a second country in terms of doing business in Africa after Mauritius. And for instance, you know, in Africa today, we have one tech unicorn, which is Zumia, and then you have another unicorn that has been operating out of uh, the US, but solely with Africa, which is Zipline, a drone delivery company. Both of them have operations in Rwanda. And to me, for instance, it's one of the best launch pad for tech companies in Africa. Yet, it's small and it's landlocked. So we need to be thinking about, okay, for pilot phase, maybe I can go to Rwanda, but then if I want to become a unicorn and raise uh, money and then get listed um, on the capital market one day, I maybe need to go to Nigeria or Egypt and South Africa. And it's possible. Uh, you, you need to be able to, to have this expansion strategy and go to market, be very nimble, iterate very fast. And I think that's what has been exciting in my journey as an e-commerce player before. So, at peak, uh, I was managing the performance of 130 websites and mobile uh, applications in 30 countries, and I can tell you that they were a silver bullet for execution. Um, sometimes uh, it, it, it was really dependent on the ecosystem maturity, so where do you have internet users, where do you have uh, online marketing channels. Sometimes it was really dependent on the operational execution, so where can you, for instance, deliver yourself, uh, you have to deliver yourself and build your logistics yourself versus you can partner with someone like Aramex, which is a for instance, um, an Egyptian logistics player that has been listed on NASDAQ since 1997. So, you know, and this, this ability to have a global vision, but to think nimble, iterate fast in one test market, and then build your expansion strategy to become a regional champion, Pan-African champion, and even a global champion is exciting. And there is one example which is interesting. Um, it's not about an African company going global. It's actually about a tech French giant, Orange, who learned how to be a bank uh, financial service yeah. provider through Orange Money in Africa, and then came back to France to, la to launch Orange Bank. So you, you can even actually have reverse innovation and pilot in Africa solutions that will answer uh, to the problems of Africans, but also more globally. Mm. Yes. So um, I think this one yes is better. Uh, now, in, in, in line with this, I, uh, uh, I think also it's really good to see that um, in the last 25 years, the revolution in industrial activities uh, has been on impersonal exchange. Who could have thought uh, 20 years ago that you can buy on uh, Amazon something at the other side of the world with transaction costs in a couple of dollars? So it's the impersonal exchange has exploded 
on a scale I think is simply unprecedented. Again, I think the SIM card has a, is a underestimated in its impact because it turned people from a nobody into a person with rights. And uh, banking has followed, etc. So I think, uh, I'm not African, but why is it such a great opportunity beyond the people and the nature and all kind of other stuff? People are being recognized and they have a right as an individual against no transaction costs. You can basically interact with them and look what it has brought the world and it will change the world and it will change their position and they are coming indeed, as Mehdi said, out of nothing. There is no alternatives in a world where you know exploration was taking uh, was being kept by a, a bunch of guys with some uh, often with guns and kept it among themselves but now the services industry is exploding and yeah i mean there's no bigger opportunity uh, in a place where I, I think the famous saying if nobody has shoes is there a market for shoes or is there no demand for shoes i think there's a demand yes i, I, I will I, I will just add uh, that uh, um, technology in Africa has a long story to, uh, to write or to live together. I mean, uh, uh, Africa needs technology to develop its uh, economic and politic, and technology needs Africa to improve new business models, as you said, and, uh, uh, because there's no legacy. So you can, you can test, you can improve. Uh, there's no competitive uh, compi uh, competition with a legacy system, and then, if it's uh, it works, you can uh, you can do it in uh, in Europe or in America or in Asia. So uh, for all these uh, reasons, I believe that uh, Africa is really uh, uh, the continent uh, of tomorrow, the continent that allow uh, will allow uh, the, the European company to uh, to uh, get perhaps uh, a, a two-digit uh, level of growth uh, if they. Uh, are prepared and if they know how to deal uh, to deal with thank you very much uh, we are close to the end do you want to add something uh, else of yes conclusion two, two things very quickly number one is you need to have a like um, takeaway that it's not about you know having technology separate from the rest of the economy um, you know it's great to, to back deep tech, biotech, etc. in Europe, but uh, in Africa it can also be more essential, and I see actually technology as a uh, an horizontal, so as an enabler of the real economy. And for instance, where I take pride is actually helping SMEs. We have 20 uh, million SMEs in Africa, they are 20% of the GDP, but they employ 85% of the people. So when you uplift them, you uplift the real economy, right? So number one, and two, um, we are talking a lot about tech for good now in developed countries. Uh, we actually maybe invented it, right? Because we, we have so many challenges that we have to solve on the continent. And we also have at the same time this tech revolution, which is an amazing opportunity that we have to actually deliver both the economic performance to attract global investors, but also the impact because otherwise, you know, it will be uh, the chaos in terms of social and environmental context. So tech for good is definitely also a place um, uh, and a topic where Africa is already a champion and will prove and show you, I think, uh, several exciting things in the year to come. Uh, for me, it's, uh, um, I think uh, Europe and Africa have something in common, and uh, that is that uh, our data that we own, that are generated by us, that we are using for exchange and uh, to participate in the economy, these, this stuff is being privatized in the US by 20 people who run in the trillions. 
and that is completely unacceptable. I think yesterday President Macron also made this point. I think you guys are lucky that you have this president. I think he's really on the ball there that uh, we cannot, it's, I think it's ridiculous that we are not doing anything right now. We should change that because it's our data that is out in, in seven years time. You're doing also some numbers. So f here, some numbers. Uh, in seven years time out of nothing, the Americans have created 10 companies with a value of 5.1 trillion. Yeah? And it's our data. They are not paying a penny for the data. So this is a big problem. And we have this directly in relation with, uh, we have a direct common interest with Africa because they are turning us into data slaves. This is one. And two, uh, um, I think that uh, Europe has this issue, everything, this is a bit of a buzzword, but our economy is run on SAP. It's run on these old systems that are fantastic to manage the balance sheet, but they cannot send one SMS to an individual. In Africa, it's the other way around. There, there was nothing, and everybody can communicate with each other, wire each other money, and there's a big change going on. That combination is also very powerful. We are too slow. They are, in many aspects, a little bit too fast, but everything is postpaid. We have an enormous opportunity there together to, around that uh, situation, develop a new data uh, strategy of the future. That's what I think. Thank you, Mehdi, uh, for using the last words, because we are a bit out of time. It's a fantastic continent for whom who have never been in Africa, never worked in Africa. There's a, a new generation of entrepreneurs, which is rising like uh, Fatumata. Uh, it's uh, uh, fantastic uh, people because they have no fear, just hope. They have no backup, so they have to succeed. And this is very important. And the, there's no legacy system in Africa, so everything is possible. You can create everything. And the continent is huge. Of course, it's 45, uh, for, uh, 54 countries, different culture, but uh, it's a diversity that uh, give more opportunities. Really, I really truly, truly believe that uh, this continent have a story, a strong story with the uh, European countries like France, like uh, the UK, like Germany, like Spain and uh, Portugal. And it's very, very much easier to uh, uh, have 1% of growth in Africa than uh, uh, in uh, America and Asia. And when you invest one euro or one dollar in Africa, it's like investing five in Europe because everything is cheaper and the competition is less. So, uh, uh, believe in Africa. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, that's it for this stage, the impact stage. So that's why we spoke about Africa because you can have a positive impact there. Uh, you will have to leave the room quickly. I'm really sorry about that. But because we want to install a bar and uh, serve you some beers later, so uh, that's for the good cause. And so in uh, 20 minutes, there is the tech minister on the talent stage. So if you want to go where the, where the things are going, it's on the talent stage. Thank you very much. That's a wrap, guys. Stay tuned, get excited, and join us at the FD Day 2020 to make some magic together.